Well, okay, uh, tonight we're not going to, uh, well, some nights we do a lot of testimony, and some nights we have long teachings and, and so forth. Uh, tonight we're going to have Cindy Cox is going to speak, and I, I'm going to mention again, most of you know, Cindy was, was healed of, of terminal cancer years ago, and she's written a wonderful book, A Blessed Journey Through Terminal Cancer into Divine Healing. It's a wonderful book, probably the best one out there on how to get healed of cancer. So we keep them here, and uh, as well as at Cindy's Illness Support Group, which is tomorrow night at, uh, at 16 in Rochester Road at their church. So anyhow, let's welcome her, and she's got something that's on fire, so let's just set you on fire with it, okay? Oh, I can't wait to share with you what he's given to me to share with you. It's called The Greatest Love Story Ever Told. Now, there's a lot of guys here who probably aren't into love stories. There's a lot of girls here who probably are. But this is the best love story. And it's for no, there's no gender-specific part to this love story. It's got two main characters, you and Abba Father, you and God. Pastor Tim, it's his heart every week to talk about the love of God. And about, I don't know, a month or, a month or so ago, I was having my quiet time with God, and he put a couple things on my heart that just really burdened me. And I knew that I, knew that I needed to share what he shared with me, and then, of course, go to his word to see what he had to say about it. And one of the first things he told me is that his people, he says, my people are perishing for lack of knowledge. And he said, they don't know me. He said, they don't know me. They know about me, but they don't know me. Tonight, what is on my heart to share with you is one piece of our amazing God, and that's his love. To come to know his love in a way that maybe you never have. I know before I was diagnosed with cancer, I knew about God, but I didn't know him personally. I didn't know him for experience for myself. I knew what I had been brought up with because I was a very um, religious, church-going person. And so I had all of that that I had been brought up with, that I had been, um, you know, I, I just did because that's what I did and that's what my family did, so that's what I did. And then when I grew up and got married and had kids, that's what I did with my kids. But I didn't know God. I was going through motions I didn't have this knowledge of the love of God. I want to pray right now before we start. Father God, I pray that the depth of your love today is revealed in our hearts. Father, right now, I just pray that our thinking is turned off and our hearts are opened up. Father, I pray that the depth of your heart is revealed to our heart, that the depth of your love is revealed to us. And, Father, no matter where we're at, 
no matter where we're at in our walk with you, Father, open up more, show us more, give us more. And Father, I pray that we receive what you give us, that 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 love that you have for us is just received into the soil of our heart, and we just love you right back. And Father, I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you please turn in your Bibles, if you have them with you, to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, verse 14 through 22. This is a scripture that, that is when Paul was at the church of Ephesus, and he was praying for the Ephesians. And the reason I want to go to this scripture is because it's about love. And every time I've read the scripture, I get to the part where it talks about the, the width and the height and the depth and the length of his love, and I just go, wow, that's a lot of love. You know, our God loves us in a big way. But I want to take this scripture, and I want to read it first of all, and then I just want to take it verse by verse and and just go a little bit deeper and talk about the love of God and then give to you what God has given to me about coming into that place of knowing his love. It's one thing to talk about it. That's why I just prayed to get our brain out of the way. You know, there's this thing about mentally knowing something or intellectually knowing it or even thinking up here, oh, yeah, I know that, I believe that. There's something about moving from here to here. And that's what, I, I, that's what my heart is tonight when I share this word from God's Bible with you. So let's look, starting with verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you and me according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you and I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Fran, I'm telling you, the, the introduction that you gave us with the Psalm 1 and the vision of the seed of love and it being sprouted and grown up in the fruit as a result, that is like, I mean, it's like, God, you're so good. Holy Spirit, you're so good. I love the way that you just connect all the dots. He wants to reveal everything to us. His heart is for us to know his heart. And he does it, I love it, like, like how he does, he just connects what Fran had to say with what I'm going to say and what Pastor Tim said at the beginning about God telling him that he's going to show his love here. And when Pastor Tim says, how are you going to do that? He says, because I'm there. And where I am, that's where my love is. Now we're going to connect this, first of all, to healing. Love is the, the foundation The love of God is the very foundation. And as we come 
to know that love, it's the foundation for our trust. It's the foundation for us to trust God. There's a scripture that says, trust in God with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. Well, the, knowing the love of God is the foundation for that ability for us to be able to put our trust in him. And our trust is the foundation for believing what he has in his word, what his promises are for us. That trust is the foundation to believe. And believing is the connection between us and the gift that's already been given. It's the connection between us and receiving. Love is the foundation. In the scripture, it starts out with Paul humbling himself before God. In verse 14 and 15, Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So that's what he does first, Paul does. He says, God, it's not about me. It's all about you. I humble myself before you. I reverence you, Father God. And he's praying in communion with the body of believers, with the whole family of Christ. That's you. That's me. If you have chosen to have Jesus be your Lord and your Savior. And then Paul goes on and he says, he's praying, he says that you, that he, that God would grant us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. The riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. Well, guess what? God's got a lot of riches. He has this precious treasure. And the glory of God includes the amazing power, the amazing anointing of God. Today, on this beautiful fall day, you just look at the beauty of creation. You say, oh, my God, you created this day. You created the change of seasons. You created those beautiful trees and the beauty of fall. You created... That's the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory is healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. The riches of his glory is prayers being answered, favor that he gives us to do whatever it is that we need to do. I had a day that started at the beginning of my school day with intense meetings. And it went all the way until 3 o'clock. And then at 3 o'clock, I had another staff meeting that I had to do a bunch of work at. And that went until 4.30. And then I came home and I was coming here to, to teach. And it was like, oh, thank God for the riches of your glory. Thank God for your anointing. Thank God that you have that available for your children. Paul is saying that he's referring to the riches of God's glory. And he says, according to that, it's big. Do you agree that God's got amazing riches and amazing glory and amazing power and amazing anointing? According to that, we are strengthened with might through his spirit in our inner man. That word strengthened means that our capacity is increased through that Holy Spirit, through his Holy Spirit. Our capacity is increased with power. 
That's in believers. That's in me. That's in you. And that word power is dunamis. Dunamis is the root word that dynamite came from. And it's miracle working power. So, according to the riches of his glory, we are increased. Our capacity is increased with this miracle working power. And it and through the Holy Spirit in our inner man, let me go on to the next part of the scripture, that Christ <laughs> that Christ may dwell in your heart and my heart through faith. Did you know that the word Christ means anointed? Jesus' name, Christ, means anointed. That Christ and his anointing may dwell in our hearts through faith. The word dwell is to take up permanent residence. Now, that's so simple. It sounds like, oh my gosh, how can the anointing and Christ take up a residence, permanent residence in me? simple. It's called the great exchange. I'm going to talk about more, more about that later. When I give him me, when I say, God, I surrender to you, I want you to take over, then he comes into me. And I have that precious gift of Christ dwelling in me and taking up permanent residence in me through faith. Simply saying, I believe I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you were sent from God the Father. I believe that you lived. I believe that you died for me. I believe you did it because you love me. I choose to believe. I choose to receive you as my Lord. I choose to receive you as my Savior. When I do that, he takes up permanent residence in me. And now here comes the part about the love of God. This is verse 17. and I'm 17 through 19. That you, as Christ dwells in me, I become rooted and grounded in love. That's because he's love. God is love. When I receive the Holy Spirit, when I receive Jesus, that love is in me. As I start to, to read the Bible, as I start to read his love letter, that he's given to me, as I abide in his word, as I, dwell, as I let this take root in me, and as, as he comes into me, as that happens, I become rooted and grounded in love. And that's exactly what Pran was talking about when she was saying that the seed of God is planted in you, the seed of his love is planted in you, and then it takes root. It takes root, and when something takes root, it's sturdy, and it's strong, and it has a great foundation. And that's what the love of God does. It takes root in our heart, and then it blossoms, and then it produces fruit. And the love, the love of God, this is the part that I wanted to get to. We, as we grow, the prayer here, Paul prays for us, is that we would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Listen to this. To know the love of Christ. To know the width of his love. When you think of the word width, it means the magnitude. The magnitude and the greatness. Take a minute right now. 
Get out of your head. Get out of your thinking and, and open up your heart to receive this. This is immense. The love of God. The love of God. We're talking now about the width of the love of God. The magnitude. The greatness of the extent of his love. The length of his love is the infinitude and the boundlessness. Infinity always was, always will be, forever until eternity. Forever. There's not an until. It's just forever. Infinity. Boundlessness. There's no boundary. There's no division that says, okay, God will love me if I'm here, but if I step over that boundary, he's not going to love me. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, no. There is no boundaries. His love is boundless. The depth of his love refers to the infathomability. That means it's impossible to, to fathom. It's impossible to completely even begin to know. That's one of the things I pray all the time. Father, increase my capacity. Because I know I don't have it all. I know there's no way that we can because it is so immense. But his love is, is so great that is infathomable. I can't even say it. And the last one is the height of his love. When you think of the word height, think of a summit. Think of a mountain summit. And when you're on that summit, if you've ever been on a summit, even if you haven't, imagine it. You are above everything. Everything else in, that you can see anywhere is below you. God's love is a summit. It is high. And it is to the highest degree. And the fullest development. We, again, can't fathom it. But that's God's kind of love. It's way more than our kind of love. It is the highest degree, the fullest development of love. And the prayer that Paul is praying is that we come to know that love. And to come to know it has nothing to do with your brain. It has everything to do with experience. It is knowing his love through experience for yourself. As you read the Bible, you read about the compassion of Christ. You read about the love of God. But as you live it and experience God working in your life and answering prayers and moving in your life, something happens to the knowledge of your love of God. I'm going to give you a few examples in a minute, but first I want to finish this scripture. As we come to know that love, the depth of his love, and it's a process and it's a lifelong process, and I know it's an awesome thing to learn. As we come to know the love of God, the prayer that Paul prayed is that we will be filled with all the fullness of God, because that's what happens. Love is in us. God is love. He's in us. We become filled with all the fullness of God. Now, I want to use Jesus for an example right now, because Jesus was filled with all the fullness of God. And when Jesus was filled with that love of God, he was also filled with the compassion. And then he was moved to act because of his compassion. The love of God 
filled him with compassion, and he was moved to act. Now, as I was thinking about this today, I was thinking, well, love is, is that, you know, I'm talking about the love story, the greatest love story ever told. And when you think of love, you think of everything beautiful and, oh, you know, just all the women here are going, oh, yes, that first love, that ooey-gooey kind of love. Oh, my gosh, God's compassion is not anything like that. That's just this much of it. Yeah. Yes, he does have that kind of love for us, but there's so much more. Because his love hurts when we hurt. And his love gets angry at things that are hurting us or that are coming against us, like the oppression of the enemy. His love is powerful. His love just isn't sweet. Although that is part of his love. Think about your love as a parent. Because of your love of your children as a parent, you get really angry when any, anything comes against your, chi- your children. Because of your love as a parent, you do everything in your power to take care of your children and to keep evil away from them. Because of your love as a parent, you hurt for them when they hurt. That's God's love for you. Now, Jesus, when he had that love, took action. When he was filled with compassion, he took action. Let me go to the next scripture here. Now to him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You see, Jesus took action, and he was filled with the fullness of God. And the power that worked in him was, was when he took that compassion and he took action, and he accessed God's hand through God's heart. Think about that for a minute. Jesus was moved to compassion. Jesus was filled with the fullness of God. He was fully man. Jesus was fully man. And he was fully God. He accessed God's hand through his heart, through the compassion that he was filled with. That's where the power connection was. The same thing is true for us. This prayer isn't referring to Jesus. This prayer is referring to us. According to the power that works in us, he is able to do... Thank you, God. I've never read that backwards like that. According to the power that works in us, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask, dream, or desire. That power... Is his love. That power stems from knowing the love of God. As we know the love of God, as it takes root in our hearts, it enables us to trust. As we trust, it gives us that, that believing, that knowing that his word is true. And as we believe, we connect to that power. That's the power that is working in us. And God is glorified. And God is glorified in the process. In him, or to him, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all ages forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a couple examples of knowing the love of God through experience. Jesus, when he was walking on this earth, 
knew the love of God through experience. People were healed. Signs and wonders were all over the place. Jesus wept at Lazarus' grave, and he was raised from the dead. There was one account where Jesus was just in a crowd of people, and there was a funeral procession, procession, and there was a mother who had lost her only son, and her heart was completely broken. Jesus acted with compassion and raised that child from the dead. That was the power, and that was this, this uh, love where we are experiencing it. That's what Jesus was doing. He was experiencing the love of God. But I want to give you some examples that I've lived and seen. First, I'm going to give you the example of my um, precious love gift from God that many of you know about, and that is um, when he, he gave me the confirmation of my healing with the eagle. I had asked him, I was praying the scripture that, that um, Pastor Tim said earlier, you know, our youth is renewed as the eagle. That's, that's in, um, tell me again, Psalm 103, Psalm 103. And he says in there um, that he, he, I can't remember exactly, something to do about our, I'm going to have to say the whole thing because I can remember if I say the whole thing. Um, Bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me, I bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and I forget not all of your benefits. You forgive all my iniquities. You heal all my disease. You redeem my life from destruction. You crown me with loving kindness and tender mercies. And you satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle's. I was praying that scripture one day, eight years ago. I had been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and I didn't have a good report yet. I knew that God was taking good care of me. I had been seeking God diligently with all my heart, and that word was being planted in my heart as I was just feeding on it and feeding on it and feeding on it and feeding on it. But when I said that scripture one day, I stopped and talked to God about it. I do this a lot. When I have a question, I just talk to him. And I said, God, I can't see what's going on in my body. I can't see inside there. I said, I could really use some confirmation right now. I said, I know you say in your word that my youth is renewed like the eagles. And I asked him to show me an eagle. Well, he did. He did. I mean, I am still in awe of this this eagle. He's now my eagle. He, uh, that weekend, we were going up to the cottage. We had never seen an eagle Ever. And I asked my dad, I said, Dad, have you, ever, have you seen an eagle around here lately? And he said, no, I've never seen an eagle. It wasn't five minutes later. That eagle was right around our cottage. He, our, our kids were skiing. They were out on the lake. We were inside because it was very cold and rainy that weekend. And they came running in and said, Mom, you can't believe what we just saw. An eagle was flying over the lake. It landed, caught a fish, or it swooped down, caught a fish, and landed on our island and ate the fish. Kids were floored. Needless to say, I hadn't told them my prayer. I just started weeping, crying like, oh, my God. He showed me an eagle. But then it gets better. I went about a week later, I was telling her two weeks later, week, a month later, I was telling some of our friends up north who live around the same area what had happened. And they said, Cindy, that eagle was like around your island all weekend. 
It was flying all over, and they'd never seen it either. Well, that was eight years ago. He's still my eagle. God's so good. He's still there. He's there every weekend when we go there. He's right, perches right outside the, the big sliding doors, and I get up really, really quiet. I'm the first one up, and I go and peek, and he's usually there. I open the door, and he flies away. Once this summer, there were two of them. There were a pair of eagles sitting in my tree, and oh, it's just amazing. So God gave me that precious love gift. That's knowing the love of God through experience for yourself. The love of God results in power. It's his anointing. It's his love gift. Another example, um, just this was last week. I was at our healing meeting, and one of the women there is fighting cancer. She does not have a good report yet. She has this amazing faith growing in her, this amazing new love of God blossoming in her. And she glows. The biggest problem that she has right now is that the doctors are telling her she's in denial. <laughs> she says, what do I do? They, they get mad at me. Because <laughs> she literally goes in glowing. Well, she had been talking to God and, and, and saying, God, you did this for Cindy, the eagle thing. And he said, she says, will you give me a sign? I, I want a sign from you, God. And listen to what he did for her. She said, well, he didn't give me an eagle, but this is what he did. She said, I had a dream this week. And she says, I never dream. And when I do, I don't remember. She says, I never dream. She had a dream. It wasn't just a dream. It was God. She dreamed that she saw the presence of God in her dream. And she saw this amazing light, and she knew his presence. And then he told her, he said, don't fear. You're healed, and you have 36 more years of life. That was God's love gift to her. That was experiencing love for herself. We come to know the love of God as we experience it for ourselves. Third example. This one I heard about two, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago on a Sunday. I was in church. One of the girls that we've been ministering to, again, is fighting cancer. And she's been very, 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 very sick. She's been in the hospital a lot. And she said, but I have this amazing story to tell you. And as, as soon as she told me, I have this amazing story, the tears started just pouring down her cheeks. And she said, I was in the hospital last week. And one of the issues she's had is she, her, she has had no appetite. And the doctors are telling her, you need to eat. So she's forcing herself to eat. And she, you know the hospital menus that they give you? Is nothing's very appealing. Well, she looked at the menu. She decided she would try to eat uh, cottage cheese and fruit. So that's what she ordered. When, she, when it came to her, you know how hospital food comes in those little things with the black plastic thing over it? Didn't come like that. This came to her, and it looked like it could be a, a fruit tray taken to a guest house for dinner. It was beautifully displayed. It wasn't covered with plastic. It was just this beautiful platter, and it was served to her. And then the person left, and nobody came into that hospital room for 45 minutes except Jesus. Jesus came and had lunch with her. She said, I couldn't see his face. I couldn't see him, but I knew there was his presence. I knew he was there. 
And then she started, she took a piece of fruit and she started to eat it. She said, it was like every taste bud in her mouth exploded. She said, it, it tasted like nothing she'd ever tasted before. She said, the only way I can explain it is the difference between a black and white TV and a HD TV. She said, it was just amazing. It was, it was amazing. And God told her, he was there with her. He was having lunch with her. And he said, this is what food tastes like in heaven. And then he told her, I just wanted you to know how much I love you. That's God. That's our God. That's what he gives us, these experiences. Now, friends, it doesn't have to be fruit that is magnificent, heaven fruit. It doesn't have to be an eagle. I'm giving you extreme examples. It can be knowing that he's taking care of you in the midst of a hard season. Kent lost his dad a couple uh, weeks ago. I'm telling you, God's love was all over our family. A peace settled on our family that was like nothing I've ever experienced. In, the, in, the, in a season when we should have just been, you know, just hearts that were broken, we weren't. Not at all. Not at all. It was we had a peace and, and a healing that was immediate. We had um, loved ones from all over just pouring out support and pouring out love. And we knew without doubt that Kent's dad was in heaven. He went through and he died of what the doctors call cancer without any pain, without any sickness. He ate pizza like two nights before he died. He, was, he walked through that season with no side effects. He just slowed down. He started sleeping a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And about a week later, he passed. I've seen a lot of people with cancer, and I've not seen anybody like that. I know that was a love gift from God. Through experience, we're, we're coming to know the love of God through experience. Now, how do you get to that point? How do you get to that point where you know the love of God? God gave me two really hard things to tell you. The first one is that people know me, but they don't know about me. And this is the second one. God said, I am the greatest love story ever told. And yet my people are too busy to love me. I was one of those people. I was one of those people that was like a hamster on a wheel going 100 miles an hour, 24 hours a day, and never slowing down. I was busy, and it was all about me, and it was all about my way and my goals and my lists and my everything, and I kept going, 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 and then I would go to church on Sunday and check it off my list, and then I'd get back on that wheel and go, 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 go. I was too busy to love God. I knew him, but I didn't, I knew about him, but I didn't know him. I was too busy to love him. That's going on in this world today in a big way. God says no, Cindy. He says no to all of you. He says no. You need 
to receive me and let me fill you up. But you can't do it if you don't let me. I can't, I can't take residence in you if you don't let me. I'm going to share a couple of scriptures with you. The first one is Matthew 6, verse 33. Would you turn there, please, in your Bible? God says, I am the greatest love story ever told, yet my people are too busy to love me and to receive my love. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. God says, seek me first. God says, seek me first in every situation. He says, let me have it. I'll take care of it for you. He says, give it to me. Give me control. Let go of your control. I hear so many times, I was, I was hearing it earlier today, where, where we are trying to figure it out ourselves. We, we put our trust in God, but then we try to figure it out ourselves. We forget the part that says, don't lean on your own understanding. We say, I trust you, God, but then we try to figure it out. God says, no, 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 I have a much better way. Give it to me and let me figure it out for you. Put your trust in me and leave it with me. Let me have it. He says, give me control. This is a control, crazy generation that we live in where we want to be in control. God says, no, be dependent on me. Give up that independence thing that everybody talks about. No, that's not God's best way. God's best way is to be dependent on him. This is a glass of water that's almost full. This is, was, this is Cindy before I came to know the love of God. I was full of myself. And then I, re, and then I, I prayed that prayer of salvation. And I said, okay, I like this deal. Johnny tells me that when I pray this prayer, that God comes in me. And I, I couldn't take care of that cancer thing. The doctor said it was incurable. I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't control it. So I chose to let God take care of it. And I gave him a little bit of me. Just a little bit. There goes the cancer. He took care of it. I was still really full of myself, though. If I give God part of me, but don't give him all of me, can he completely fill me up? No, because there's still a whole lot of me in there that's in the way. What I've learned over the years, and this is a lifelong process, and I know I'm not, I've still got a lot of me in there. But what I've learned over the years is to give everything to God, every area of my life, to give him my work. <laughs> Believe me, before I went to work today, I gave it to him. <laughs> I knew what was waiting in front of me before this day started, and I said, okay, God, I'm putting this in your hands. I'm giving you control. My family, my children, my marriage, every part of my life, the key is relinquishing all of you to him so that your cup is empty of you 
And that way he can fill you up with him. He says, seek me first and seek me in every situation. Yes, it means seek me first in the day. I believe that's really important. I never start a day without seeking God. But it also means seek him first in the midst of every situation. Seek God first. And I'm just going to touch on three things. I'm really not going to go into too much scriptural backing right now. But in, in that place of seeking, think about any relationship. In order to have a, a love relationship, in order to have a good relationship, you need to spend time with the person. And God is the same way. Consistent time with God is key to knowing his love and to being filled up continuously. That glass of water that I just showed you, I think is something that we can fill back up with ourselves. <laughs> you can go back and forth. You know, okay, I'm going to take this one over. God, just stay out of my way. I can do this on my own. And then the next day, okay, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to go to God. And going back and forth and filling up and emptying out. God says, no, that's not the best. The best is to stay empty and let me fill you, fill you, fill you, fill you, fill you continually. So how do you do that? Consistent time with God. Reading the Bible. This is his love letter to us. This is his love letter to us. Just a couple scriptures from Psalm 119. I recommend Psalm 119. I'm reading it right now. It's long. You certainly don't try to read it in one day. Uh Uh-uh. Read a little bit. It might take you two weeks to read Psalm 119. It's the longest book in the Bible. But the whole book is about the amazing word of God and how powerful it is to grow us and to change us. Here's just a couple verses. Verse 32 says, I will not merely walk, but run in the way of your commandments. That's how God wants us to pursue him. Not walking, but running. But running to him. Verse 44 says, I will keep your law continually, forever and ever, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. Verse 50, this is my comfort and consolation in my affliction, that your word has revived me and given me life. That's good news. Verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And verse 105, your word, my God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Feed on his word. Secondly, pray. Talk to him. Commune with your father. And thirdly, worship him. Worship him. Tell him how much you love him. Go to him. I often use the Psalms to worship him. The Psalms are a wonderful way. I've gone through the book of Psalms, and the Psalms that are just beautiful worship Psalms, I've starred, or I've made little notes next to. And when I want to worship, I go and look for those stars, and I read them out loud. And I worship him. This is Psalm 34, verse 1 through 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Praise and worship him. He is worthy. He is worthy. Would you please, well, before I I have you repeat this after me, one of the ways to grow in that love, knowing the love of God, knowing it, planting the seed of his love in your heart and coming to know it through experience for yourself, one of the ways to do that is to declare it, to speak what his word says about love. Like anything else, it's one of his precious promises for us. Speak of his love. Let it plant itself in your heart. It will blossom. It will grow. It will take root, and it will produce fruit. That's what I'm going to do now. I've got scriptures. Most of them are scriptures. A couple of them are my words. But most of them are scriptures, and it's all about God's love. Would you repeat after me, please? Close your eyes, please. Just just let your heart take in God's word. Father, you love me. I receive your unconditional love. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit me together in my mother's womb and brought me forth on the day I was born. It is your desire to lavish your love on me. Simply because I am your child. And you are my father. You offer me more than my earthly father ever could. For you are the perfect father. You love me with an everlasting love. You are my greatest encourager. You care for me affectionately. And you care for me watchfully. You are the Father who comforts me in all my troubles. When I am brokenhearted, you are close to me. As a shepherd carries a lamb, you have carried me close to your heart. You are my father, and you love me even as you love your son, Jesus. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of your love for me. If I receive the gift of your son, I receive you. And nothing will ever separate me from your love again. Father, you love me. I receive your unconditional love. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Tim, I'm going to turn it back over to you now.